The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. The Podcast of Terror is a great podcast. It's covering movies that are not for children, and thus this podcast is not for children. The hosts are two adults who will use bad words from time to time. They'll also spoil movies if that's not your thing. So if you don't like spoilers and you don't want to hear some dirty language or some dirty references to dirty parts of your body, then please, please, please wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show. If you can handle it, and I hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up, then please proceed with Podcast of Terror. Corey, I couldn't help but notice that you're wearing a shirt. I try to whenever possible. Uh, there were laws passed. What are the odds that you wear a shirt every day of your life? Almost forty percent. At a boy. Well, let me let me tell you about a little uh, sales bonanza we got going here. We got some friends. These uh, these friends got some codes. Go visit our friends uh, at the Hate. That's the. If you can't spell the, go back to school. Hate H V I I I dot com. Use the code HPG fifteen get fifteen percent off your order. And if your tits still require more fabric. Go to status. I need to double up. You got to double, double. You never have too much tit fabric. Go to statusforyourmerch.com, use the code TERROR, and, uh, and get you some sweet discounts there. Welcome to episode 97 of the Podcast of Terror, production of the Galactic Network. I am your host, Matt Stein. With me, as always, is... Corey, shark tits, Scott. I, That's true. I, you you know, don't see them coming. They yeah. just grab you from underneath. Hang on. I have absolutely. That's how far down they hang. <laughs> do your tits hang low? Do they wobble to a pro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? Do your tits hang low? I don't know. There's more words in there. For more on this podcast, including show notes, contact information, subscription links, you can go to gncast.com. You can chat with us on our Slack channel during our shows at gncast.com. Sign up. While you're there, you can subscribe to our newsletter as well. Probably send us a message about my day drinking because I'm currently slurring. I'd say sorry, but I'm not. Um, not at all. What was that? It's a Sunday. Sundays don't even count. Sundays don't have daytime, nighttime <laughs> hours. It, it's nighttime hours because you got to prepare for the next day and because that's when Game of Thrones comes on. Yeah, but yeah. the daytime drinking is just, it's a continuation from Friday. <sighs> I don't I didn't drink Friday. I didn't really drink yesterday i did a bunch of yard work today and sweat my proverbial dick off um so you're replenishing <laughs> replenishing fluids except this fluid is uh chock full of um alcohol sugars that's way you do it that's um refreshing america um yeah so this week what we're gonna do we're gonna talk about what well, we're gonna do the same thing we do every week this is a, if you're new here I'm kind of sorry, but not really. Uh, we're going to cover some news, and we're going to talk about a movie. The movie we're talking about this week is... Um, when did it come out? 16 or 17? Did it come out this year? Don't Breathe. Uh, yeah, this past year. Yeah, so Don't Breathe. It's it's a pretty new movie. I've been wanting to watch this for a while. Um, we were unable to get our guests solidified this week, so what we went ahead and did is just uh, pick the new movie that Corey and I both wanted to watch, which is Don't Breathe. Um. I got the most uncomfortable boner while watching it, but we'll get into that a little later. Uh, before we go ahead and start talking about our news, we will do our favorite, my favorite patented segment. Hey, Corey, what you drinking? Uh, basically sweat coming down from my forehead and just <laughs> dripping into my mouth. <laughs> just, just licking the sweat as it drips down your face. 
Yeah, I I mm. was fortunate enough. I got up early this morning and I got to record an episode of 90s Percentile. It's coming out no in a couple of weeks. It, I know. Uh, so it, it doesn't it doesn't come out. Yes, it doesn't come out this week. It comes out next the following week. Um, so that would be Monday, July twenty fourth. So actually, the the this coming Monday from the day you're listening to this. Yeah, about a week from now. Uh, but it allowed me to be in my office, which is the one room that has an air conditioner in it, and I was I was very happy about that. And then I went back to the other portion of the house and was just miserable and i've had two fans die in the last week they just gave up they're just like no fuck this so, and i think one of them i found hanging from the ceiling in the garage now we're down to five fans because two of them died oh man uh so lying there without a shirt on cats don't even want to be near me at this point it's just we all give up how hot is it there right now it's it's only in the 90s mm-hmm. but it's in the 90s and if you don't have a way to cool off, it's it's not helpful. Why do you live there? I, it was something I did in my 20s, and I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible place to live. It, it's Man, we talk about this sometimes. Aaron doesn't want to move to any place that's as hot or hotter than California. And I'm like, yeah, the problem is is that California doesn't understand that it's hot, or Northern California doesn't an- understand that it's hot. Yeah. So most of the homes here don't have air conditioning, which makes no sense at all. I guess power consumption or something, it, it, trying to be green, maybe. But it's just so shitty, because if you go to Arizona, yeah, Arizona's miserable hot, but every place has air conditioning, and California does not. That's stupid. I could never live anywhere without air conditioning. It is... 70 degrees outside, my air conditioning is turned on. We have a in-window air conditioner that my, my father got us when he and my mom were out visiting a couple years ago. But our windows are all side slide open, mm-hmm. so it doesn't just sit in there. And I don't know how to make that shit work. It was one of those things we were going to do while he was here, and they had to leave. So it's just been sitting in a box for the last two years. Fuck that noise. I'm just willing to cut a hole in anything. Are you putting your dick in it? Might. Oh. For the air conditioner. I, I just didn't know it to dick. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I, I could not live without air conditioning. Like, we're going to... I'm standing up in, in one of my best friend's weddings in Kansas in September. And we had the option to stay where the wedding is or we had an option to get in a hotel. And uh, Alyssa and I decided to get the hotel ultimately because I can then turn the air conditioning down as low as I want. And I'm like... She said that and I'm like, cool, fine done you don't really have to uh you don't have to convince me anymore yeah when i've gone to rhode island a couple of times the air conditioner in the hotel that i stayed at has been spotty at best and had just pissed me i'm rhode island of course is humid as shit when Mm -hmm. it's hot the first thing i do when i get into any hotel room is turn the air down to 60 yeah and then so when i go down to madison for work i turn the air down to 60 when i get up in the morning i turn the heat up to 80 so that my dick doesn't shrink because it's small enough so I don't need it any smaller. And then uh, I like that. Yeah. I like my dick trunk because, first of all, it's its natural state. But secondly, because <laughs> it it does less damage to my pants. I have a I have a tendency to blow the crotch out of my pants, especially khakis. Wow, they're, just, they're uh, Wagyu noodle pants, and it just <laughs> my noodle is violent. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I have split the crotch in two pairs of pants while working. Um, that's a true story. I usually wear the pants until I split the crotch at work. 
That's... Oh, uh, by the way, I'm drinking uh, the Dude's Brewing. It's a boysenberry wheat ale because um, my vagina. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw it. I posted something about the uh, Not Your Dad's Mountain Ale. I did. Uh, I've seen it in the store, too, and I was... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't like Mountain Dew enough to, uh, to buy it. I heard it tastes a little bit more like uh, Sprite or Mellow Yellow. It kind of depends on what your flavor profile is. Nate tried it over on Ink Geek the other night. He had mm-hmm. finally gotten some. So I'm envious. It's one of those things as a, as a Mountain Dew purist, I, I want to be able to taste it. But as a person who hasn't had a drink in 20 years, I guess I'm not going to. So uh, do you never intend on getting it? I probably won't. It, it It's... I don't know why I'm so particular about not having any alcohol at all, like not even tasting it anymore, because it's not like I went to meetings or anything. I just gave up alcohol. Yeah. But I've, I've stuck with it for so long. It's it's kind of like what my virginity was in my 20s. It's like, well, at this point, why even? You know, just if you're not going to go all the way with it, just don't do it in, in any way, shape or form, because that was perfectly uh, my call. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's talk about news. If I can find it. Fucking tabs. <sighs> I guess we should probably talk about this first one. Yeah. Uh, this hit right as we were about to go live with the show. And it's, uh, it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty rough one. It, it is, but it's not ultimately that surprising, which sucks to say. But um, George Romero passed away at 77. Not terribly young, not terribly old, but the conversation that Corey and I had is his parents, my parents are both not terribly far away from that number. So yeah. that's kind of why it hit home to us. Also and because the, it's, it's a legend, George Romero, who just yep. in the last couple of weeks we talked about, you know, movies that he had planned coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like he wasn't out there still producing and still making stuff. He, he hadn't hit a retirement age. I don't know if he was ever going to hit a retirement no. age. He's 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 too much of a of a legendary filmmaker to stop doing what he's doing unless, you know, it was enough for him. And and that that seems to be it is uh, he was in reasonable health, but he had just recently been fighting very aggressive lung, lung cancer, cancer. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the things that there's no reason for us to know. If they if they don't want to tell us, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's one of those things that they just they hope for the best, and you know we don't have to mention it if it if it's unnecessary if it if it doesn't affect things if we get past it then you guys never have to know and why make it every time you see George Romero how's your cancer uh, are you doing okay are are you gonna be around? and and have that look it's like, you just want to continue on with life you just want to be seen as normal as the auteur as as a person as opposed to your illness and i can i can definitely understand that uh, it sounds like he he passed uh, very peacefully uh he was listening to the score of the quiet man one of his all-time favorite films while his wife suzanne and his daughter tina were at his side um which is i i mean ideally that's the, the if i was going to pick a way that i was going to go that would probably be not with them but with my wife, <laughs> I just I want to die with George Romero's wife by my side. I'm sure she's a lovely person. I'm sure she's uh, sure she's terrific. I just um, I'd prefer my wife than his. 
Um, yeah. And I know this isn't really on our on our news list, but uh, right, literally right before we started, when you found out Martin Landau died, right? Yeah, I just saw that up on Twitter a couple minutes ago, uh, and and that's another. He was he was older than George. Uh, he was in his eighties. Eighty-eight, I believe. Again, yeah, just not. You're never prepared to see a beloved celebrity die, and I know that their celebrities are not people that we know. That it's not like we're trying to make this into something bigger than it is. Yeah. People die all the time, but these are people that are important to us they're familiar to us we we love their work it's always the nice thing when you see something new from them uh as a fan and so it's unfortunate like one of my friends said this when a when a co-worker of ours uh, died at our work she's like it's not like i i thought every day about you know i'm i'm gonna see john and and stuff but it's like just the day that i wake up and i realize that i'm never gonna see john again is that sucks you know, and you just you kind of have to got to be all weird it. and sad about things. Well, you know, that death is for some reason sad. You know, I, oh, I no shit it is. I just able to, I appreciate the, the cultures that are able to celebrate it and see it as a, a passing on to some greater journey. I, I just don't know what I, I haven't expressed my views enough on death to figure out where I stand with that. Right. Do we, do we go as far as to have a moment of silence for George Romero? Uh, are we really capable of that? And is that the right way to celebrate him? Just say yes. Okay. My eyes, only for a moment, and the moment's gone. All right, I gotta stop there before we hit any copyright laws. Um, <laughs> you can only play it for a moment, and the moment's gone. <laughs> and the moment's gone. <laughs> Just, oh my god, I didn't even get to the du- dust in the wind. There we go. Can't hit it. Uh, we are there. pulled on YouTube tonight. <laughs> Yolo swag for Jesus, son. Um, uh, let's go to the next news story that's less sad. Uh, really glad I came up with that Kansas idea. Um, <clears throat> as we previously talked about, the Dark Tower is being made into a movie. The news story we have today is that the uh, TV series will be the origin story of the Dark Tower, which I didn't know this was happening. I was pumped for the movie, and now apparently there's. <laughs> making a fucking prequel for tv and the original pitch from ron howard when he was talking about making the dark tower series was it was going to be a series of movies and in between the movies there was going to be tv series and it was such an ambitious project that most people didn't buy into the fact that it could happen and and they were like well where are they going to play how is it going to work out you know is it going to be the tone the same are you going to be able to get the the movie actors into the tv series well it does sound at least that Idris Elba himself has signed up for the series. And I think we've seen less of a stigma in the way of TV series uh, since probably The Sopranos. But certainly when you look at the HBO show's successes and uh, Matthew McConaughey, who was playing Randall Flagg in the Dark Tower movie, did an HBO series not too long ago, did the first season of True Detective. Uh, I just all the I think is still occasionally doing seasons of Luther for the BBC. So I don't believe that any of this is something that is too far out of the norm for these guys. But it's still it makes it so huge of a project to have movie TV series, movie, possibly another TV series, which I don't know what would be the follow up then. And this TV series being the origin is supposed to follow the fourth in the Dark Tower novels. Uh, which is Wizard and Glass. So 
as I understand it, because I have not read them, I, I tried to read the first one. Time is very amorphous in the books. And this series is also supposed to take place after the books in some way. Like, I don't know exactly what the details are of that. I keep hearing it hinted at from from people who are fans. I don't know. You're excited for the movie. Would you then watch the series? Probably. I tried reading, reading. I tried listening to the audiobook while mowing the lawn, and I just got real lost. Because, yeah, it's yeah, it's not that it's not complicated. Uh, it is, it it's an epic fantasy, in its own way, uh, that is is from a horror writer and has a lot of of inroads to his other stories. So it's an epic fantasy about Stephen King and Stephen King's work, which is really cool to be the author who gets to do that. Like if if I did an epic fantasy about my work, first of all, I'd have to fucking publish something. But but secondly, it's like no one's going to give a shit. Uh, most people, no one's going to give a shit. I don't know, even if you're George R. R. Martin, who who's already got an epic fantasy, but if he did something about the works of George R. R. Martin and his stories and they all interacted with each other, I don't know how they would do. Like you've got Game of Thrones and you've got the wild cards and uh, and what? Just you wake know. me up when you're done talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Game of <laughs> Thrones is right there with the with Doctor Who to me. Little, sorry, little excited. Sorry, Seth. Oh, and you, you know the new Doctor premiere today. No one gives uh, a fuck. <laughs> you're wrong, by the way. But yeah, I I am interested in this, and it's going to be one of those things that benefits because of how we watch things now with the streaming services to have everything in one place at once. That there are going to be people who see the movie and maybe don't get to the series right away. There will be people who see the series and maybe don't get to the films right away. But at some point, you're going to have that ability to watch the movies and the TV series in order on a Netflix or a Hulu or whatever. Uh, probably Hulu, come to think of it, because there's so much Stephen King stuff going to that uh, original content. That, yeah, I, I think it'll be great in the long run. But what a journey to try to make all that stuff. Yeah. whatever yeah whatever whatever that's my response yeah whatever i think i fell asleep for 45 seconds actually it so you're basically saying that you just orgasmed <laughs> yeah yeah i am i'm sorry i <laughs> i didn't i don't want to admit on the show that i masturbated just everywhere I'm but no, I did. I'm There's stuck in the wet spot. My keyboard is stuck. I'm. It's a real mess over here. It's a real mess over here. Ashley in the chat just mentioned Preacher. I'm super duper far behind. I think I'm on episode four of season one. Um, yeah, we haven't started season two yet. Uh, I'll power God through. Damn it. I swear. And my wife is like, "Oh, Game of Thrones is on tonight." I said, "Yeah, but you know, we've got." five other shows that are on the DVR that we have to catch up on. And we're watching big brother because we're dumb. And it's like, how much of this do I have to dedicate myself to? Like, I just want to, the DVR is full. The DVR is really close to full. Oh, we, the thing is, is we can get through the shows that we watch together quickly, but it's the things that I watch that don't fucking ever last. See, I have the opposite. It's, I, think that there are shows that we are watching 
Uh, but it turns out, no, uh, whenever I want to watch it, oh, I'm not in the mood for that. So it's like if I was watching it by myself, I'd, I'd bust through it really quick. But it's this moment of, oh, I watched all this the second season of the show. Oh, why would you watch that without me? Because you never wanted to watch it. Uh, so thanks for dicking me over on this one. It, it's just like, um, thanks for creating that trap that I just fell right into. It's a trap. Did you watch Dirk Gently? Ashley wants to know. I didn't. I've never I even did. heard of it. Uh, Dirk Gently is from the same author who did the Hitchhiker at uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series uh but max landis did a tv series of it on bbc last year and i was very happy with it even though it was very different from the books much like preacher Uh, yeah maybe i'll have to watch church i don't know so speaking of screwing up the books our next story brought to us by our friends at horrorgeeklife.com uh, Anne Rice needs help choosing the next vampire Lestat. Well, Anne, first of all, I think you needed help choosing the vampire Lestat in your first movie interview with a vampire many years ago. Oh, wait, she didn't want Tom Cruise to play the guy. Uh, it just kind of happened without her. And then she had to go later on and say, oh, no, Tom Cruise is great. Please go see my movie. I, I get a check from this. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. In her post, the author explained, uh, we talk a lot about who can play Lestat, and we all know that if we don't get that right, nothing else may matter. This is one series in which the star plays a superhero role. I am thinking of an unknown uh, will come to us for the part, but who are the up-and-coming young actors you all want to see and want to suggest uh, and include picks? So she's asking people on her social media feeds, who would they like to see play Lestat in a what is presumed to be a TV adaptation, which I guess has been signed on somewhere. I keep forgetting about where it's coming up. It seems like it's a CW thing, but maybe I'm wrong. And and so that's the other thing too, is and again, we've got to look at someone who wants to come into a role that has already been played by two different actors. Uh, Stuart Townsend played him in the Queen of the Dam film, if I remember correctly. And this is someone who has to play it for TV so it's probably not going to be a, a big name blockbuster film actor, but who who would you like to see play a vampire? And I'm like super bored with a lot of modern day vampire stuff, and even Rice's stuff was always kind of just okay for me. It it, it suits the romantic aspects of it. It it certainly has its following. But I couldn't really read the books because she just would drone on for 30 pages at a time about New Orleans. And that put me to sleep, much like Matt <laughs> falls asleep doing the show. I'm not falling asleep. Uh, Sorry. I'm talking to our guitar player. We're trying to make a set list for the show we have in two weeks. I'm fucking, <laughs> I got to multitask and daddy's got to make money. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I guess people have suggested Timothy Oliphant, uh, who seems not quite right to me and i love timothy oliphant justified is one of my favorite tv series of all time and i've liked timothy and and other stuff too i even like his his crappy hitman movie because i think it's excellent even though i know it's pure shit uh they've also recommended jared leto uh because disappointment breeds more disappointment do you take that back i love jared leto i would have all of his babies (laughs) yeah okay you saw suicide squad i didn't think it was the worst movie in the world but I like, uh, what was it, Lord of War and uh, Requiem for a Dream and his band 30 Seconds to Mars before everything shitty that came out after that one album that was really good. 
Yeah, and as Jordan Catalano, he leans great. Uh, I don't know. I, he he's wow. always kind of hit or miss. He can do really great stuff, but he still annoys the piss out of me for some reason. Uh, Nicholas Holt is is another person that was recommended. The writer of the article uh, suggested Dan Stevens. I don't recognize some of these names. Um, my best friend uh, used to insist that the part should have been played by Julian Sands, who played in the Warlock movies. But I, I guess that's that's for a different time because that's that was thirty years ago that that movie came out. And uh, well. Lestat is immortal. Julian Sands, unfortunately, is not and looks the appropriate age. Me. Holy fucking cock horror. Ashley doesn't like Jared Leto. Ashley, just see yourself the fuck right out. I'll wait. The show, we cannot start the show again until Ashley leaves. Ashley can come over to my personal chat because uh, we're <laughs> we're on the same page. No, I, I think Leto's fine sometimes. I, I think he was people he, of great things. He was but. better before he got super famous. Like, and, and yeah, I just I think he's not too terrible to look at. Oh, he's he's very pretty. <sighs> Man, he could probably take the dick like a champ too. But my favorite little role is obviously when he gets his face just beaten to smush in Fight Club. So <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, Matt. Who would you like to see play the vampire list at? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, who is already a vampire. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm bad at actors. I'm good Someone at beer. Bad at actors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see this tall, pale stout play vampire lips. Yeah. <laughs> vampire Lebats. There's, there's a brewery somewhere around here that makes a white, a white stout. That could be a vampire because it's white. No, I, well, no, that's first of all racist. Secondly, no, it's not. Uh, it's blood red. <sighs> Fine, we'll need to get a nice amber, maybe a bourbon barrel aged amber because those are always generally old as fuck. Yeah, they can call it thicker than water. Mm. There's got to be one out there, as it should be. And finally, can I get you excited about this next one? I don't know. <laughs> kinda, kinda. I saw a lot of people. I'll let you. I'll let you introduce it, and then I'll make my point because I don't want to ruin it. Uh, our final story: Quentin Tarantino is beginning work on his next movie, which is going to be about the Manson family murders. Uh, I was very curious what what happened to Shirley Manson's family. Is gar- garbage still going to go on tour? Don't garbage still exists. Yeah, garbage is still a band, unfortunately. I I like garbage. Well, I liked Garbage in the 90s. I haven't listened to their stuff. We all liked Garbage in the 90s. Now, (laughs) the the 2010s Garbage is literally garbage. Yeah. I wish I had a rim shot sound clip. Whatever you do to your asshole, do it on your own time. Uh, (laughs) I'm taking yoga to lick my own butthole. So, Quentin Tarantino has begun work in his next project. He is putting the finishing touches on a script for a movie about the real-life Manson family murders. A script focuses on Sharon Tate, the actress and wife of director Roman Polanski. So maybe we will touch upon uh, him touching upon a youth. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sharon Tate was killed by the infamous cult in 1969. I constantly see somebody posting some fake 
news site, and I mean fake news site, not fake news, uh, all the time, just like Manson's being released this year and, and he's going to be freed from prison. It's like, it's always bullshit. Please stop posting that. I love you, Facebook family. I, I understand that we all get fooled sometimes, but just do a little tiny bit of Googling before you repost that crap because it's it's not going to happen. What happens if Manson gets out? He's going to hit the sunlight and just dissipate in the fucking air like Nosferatu. He's not made of anything anymore, and and nobody's going to give a shit because if he walks outside, he's instantly going to be stabbed. It's, uh, it's funny that you bring up the word dissipate. Did I ever tell you uh, the story about the guy that I was going to school with who farted and then said the word dissipate? No. Okay, okay, okay. This is one of my favorite stories of, of literally all time. <clears throat> so it was during um it was during the summer and I was taking it was like a, a nighttime accounting class and uh we had a break because it was like a it was like four to nine on Wednesday nights or something stupid. And uh I'm we're totally off topic here, but I don't give a shit because this story's fucking great. Um we're standing out in the hall and there's this, this guy in my class and he walks over and we're talking or whatever and he just shits his pants and he looks at me and he starts waving his arms and he goes, let that motherfucker dissipate and just walked away. I was like, holy shit. And it smelled like a dead body. Oh God. It was it. easily the only thing I remember from that class. And that's what you want to do is when someone's just had a hot summer fart is open your mouth to laugh. <laughs> I, just, I tasted. I tasted that man's insides. Oh god! And he at least knew to run off, and you're just left sitting there. I was sitting. Stewing. He was standing. Yeah, I was. Oh, god. Him and I. Him and his. Him and his farts. Wait, me and his farts became one that day. I don't even know what's he, happening. He didn't just do a drive by. He napalmed you because that shit actually stuck to your skin. <laughs> just, <laughs> it just burnt a hole in me. Oh, boy. That is beautiful. Uh, so speaking of burning holes, Tarantino, uh, <laughs> what this article goes into is Tarantino did Inglorious Bastards, which is a closest he's come to doing something based off of like a real true life kind of thing, except he changed what happened so mm-hmm. that the movie could have a better conclusion than what happened in reality. Uh, and that's that's a question is, is he going to take that tact again with uh, uh, maybe Sharon Tate lives and she gets into an exoskeleton and she says, <laughs> Just fucking get away off. from that child, you uh, bitch to Roman Polanski. I, like, there's so many questions as to what this movie is going to be right now. The rumored cast includes Brad Pitt and uh, Jennifer Lawrence would be in the Sharon Tate role. Just rumor. I mean, he's working a script. That doesn't mean that anybody signed up for anything yet. Uh, but two quality people that I could definitely see doing great work in a movie. And and Tarantino stuff is at least fun. But I question doing something that's based off of such a well-known real story. But okay, so it's so different for him. But I like that he does different stuff. Too. One of my arguments is um, so the movie The Black Dahlia that came out is. Obviously, based on the unsolved murder of, uh, fuck, this sounds really bad. I don't remember her name. The chick they named the Black Talia. Fuck, Google. Google. Save me, Google. Um, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Short. Okay. 
Elizabeth Short, the actress, uh, was murdered. They have never found to this date unsolved murder. And uh, they made the movie The Black Dahlia. And it, in the movie, they solved the murder. Yeah. That shit drives me fucking nuts. Like, Well, in The Scarlet Letter, Demi Moore didn't want the the character she was playing to to have an unhappy ending. So she's like, yeah, we changed it. It's like, that, and that's just literature. But it's pretty fucking well-known and important literature. Yep. <laughs> and so I just, I, the balls sometimes that, that people in Hollywood have. But Tarantino has never shied away from, I'm making my movie the way that I want to make it, and I'm telling the story I want to tell it, and, and that's just how it is. So I, I admire him. And I admire his ability to do that because he's worked hard enough to get to be successful enough to have carte blanche to do these kinds of things. I don't always love his stuff. Uh, and Glorious Bastards is one of those ones where I watch it. And I'm like, maybe I'm not into Tarantino anymore like I used to be. I, I don't feel like being successful is okay for you to rewrite history. History happened for a reason and it should be left that way. Yeah, but he's not really rewriting history. He's making a movie. But you're you're kind of right in the fact that there are going to be people who watch the movie and just assume that that's how it happened. Uh, and, yes, and that, that's my problem. I, I, I agree with your point of don't, you know, he's not really rewriting history. He's just making a movie. But there are people that will watch that movie. So I'm going to go back to the Black Dahlia here. So there's someone who heard about it and was like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. And then they watch the movie, and they're like, oh, this person really killed him. This is how it happened. Yeah, and that person's going to fail their civics class <sighs> in high school. And <laughs> hopefully fall off a roller coaster and break all their bones. You should have just read the Cliffs notes. <sighs> Fucking bitches. So, yeah, so an interesting choice for Tarantino to make for his next film. Because, again, doesn't he have a limit as to how many more projects he plans to do? Well, before he stops making movies, that's what based off of what he said himself is like, I'm only going to do this many more and then I'm going to be done. Right. But he's Quentin Tarantino. He can do literally whatever the fuck he wants. Oh, yeah. He can lie like Barbara Streisand and come back for another tour every five <laughs> Just... years. That's the last one. Uh... Seriously. I'm, I'm finally going to be able to pay for that nose job. Fucking worst. And a straight husband. Uh, Yeah. So that's it. That's the news. Awesome. Uh, before we go ahead and start, start talking about Don't Breathe, I should probably talk about the fact that we got yet another five-star review on iTunes. Oh, crap. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm super glad that I just thought about it. Literally just opened it, just found it. Um, this is... I know who this one's from. I don't know. Whatever. I'll, I'll call them out. So, it, it, the Big Tuna GDB, uh, my platonic life mate, hetero life mate. Yeah, that's my best friend, Jake. GDB means Glenn Danzig's bricks. If you're familiar with Glenn Danzig and his just thrown out my motherfucking bricks, bitch. If not, you got to look that shit up. And Glenn that is Dan not where I was going to go with the B, but all right. Oh, so, okay, okay, okay. Quick, <laughs> quick sidebar here. So Glenn Danzig had a bunch of bricks out front of his house and his neighbor Todd complained about it. So that's where I got the name fuckhead Todd from because Glenn Danzig called his neighbor Todd fuckhead Todd. Um, and apparently he was getting rid of the bricks and someone came over and said something to him and his response was, I'm just throwing out my motherfucking bricks, bitch. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's where that came and it from. it sounds like it could have been written for the episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force he was in. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And then um, Big Tune, I just call him Big Tune all the time. I actually got it. So uh, uh, Jim Halpert from The Office, 
they call yeah. he was called big tuna so i got jake a uh, he was a vegetarian for a long 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 time i got him a world's best vegetarian trophy one year for christmas and the company called me and they're like did you mean to say vegetarian i'm like no nah, just, no. just fucking print it Anyways, I just <laughs> talked about my lifelong best friend. Anyways, uh, the, re- the review is first-time caller, long-time listener. As a listener, there is such an appeal, a show that has dialogue with such natural flow like Pot has. It's kind of like hanging out in a room with your two old pals and listening to them shop on horror news and movies. The variety of guests is also a very rad aspect of the show. I think it's cool these guys do the work to get the cool guests that can add the quality to the show. I'm... Starting to get a little fuzzy, so I'm sorry that I'm reading this horrendously. Uh, I really do appreciate the work that these guys put into this, and I cannot wait for the future of the show. This is one of the few podcasts that I really look forward to. Matt and Corey, thanks for all the hard work. Um, uh, thanks, Jake. I, I, that, I love you. That's I love incredibly your nice. Yes. And, yeah. and by the way, uh, it's not so much hard work as you find a show that is really, really good, and you just rip them off left and right, and mm. that show happens to be from wepodcast.com. Yeah. You didn't have to dime us out like that, but um, he's not exactly lying. Nope. <laughs> Let's talk about Don't Breathe. Let's talk about it. You can. You say. said it made you horny. It was... Uh... Okay, so the first, the first thought I had is when they're robbing the first house, I'm like, why is this guy jerking off all the time? I thought that was really weird and graphic, but then towards the end of the movie... Um, it being so graphic made a little more sense. But I didn't know that he was actually jerking off as much as I thought he was play acting jerking off because there was a lot of spray. There now, was a I ton of spray. No one sprays that much. Yeah, that is not that unless, does not look authentic. Not unless your name is Spray Nerd. Like I mean, maybe in some of the the videos from Japan. I don't know. Uh, all all my stuff is from Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> But that that made, gave you an uncomfortable boner? No, I just I I was just like, what the fuck? And yeah. then and I I don't mean to go straight to the end, but the end with the the, the turkey baster. Oh God! Um, I mean, yeah. that's one way All to right. impregnate somebody. But so speaking of straight to the end, uh, let's start out with <laughs> what what I'm gonna let's just call it what it is. It's if you've ever seen Cinema Sins. Uh, the the YouTube videos. Okay, so it's it's basically somebody goes through and they play the the movie and they show you all of these cinema sins in that movie and these are very cliche things that are done all the time. Like here's the cliche this, here's the cliche this. So the first thing I notice in watching this movie is it opens up which to me is a cinema sin and it shows us a scene from partway through to almost nearly the end of the movie. At the beginning, the the breaking in point is something that happens later on. So you already have an idea of this one scene is going to come up later. And it it doesn't build so much as into anticipation as it does. It's just like, yep, look forward to this. And it's supposed to give you tension at the beginning to set the stage of this being a horror movie because they have no other way to set the tension because none of it really starts until they're 20 minutes into breaking into the house. But it's kind of a bullshit move. Yeah, the, uh, the <sighs> this movie took a lot of weird like left turns while still staying on track, in my opinion. Yeah, so we should probably point out the, the guy who directed this movie 
is the guy who directed the remake of The Evil Dead, which also starred oh, uh, Jane Levy in that know. part. Yeah. And so most of the criticism he got from that were things like, well, your movie is a remake, so you're you're not really a, a real filmmaker because it's not your original idea. Uh, you concentrated so much on blood and gore instead of story and all of these things and stuff like that. So he made this movie as kind of a counterpoint to it. So there's not a lot of blood and gore in this. Uh, Which a lot of this there, is- there didn't need to be blood and gore. It still right. did what it needed to do. Yeah, uh, it's got plenty of gross. Yeah. Uh, the, all the tension comes from the, the actors. There's points where it's just like you're waiting in anticipation of things to happen, and that's causing your tension to rise. Uh, another thing is he took stuff away from the characters as opposed to giving them powers. He did things in reverse. So instead of saying, you know, usually the, the villain of a film has extra abilities and what he did is he took abilities away but utilized that we'd seen and reviewed a movie a while back called hush and hush was a home invasion movie where the person who was in the home was deaf and the person who came in used that to his advantage the whole time uh before you i, I kind of know where you're going did you ever watch uh, wait until dark uh it sounds familiar. Is it the seventies one? Yes, the one where yeah, like so the they, last twenty minutes is all pitch black. Yeah, the woman is blind and they she uses it against the home invaders. Yes, this kind of reminded me of that. It absolutely does. Yep. Yeah, it's a very similar theme, except in that you were rooting for her. The home invasion was still you were against those people, and this you wind up. The people you're for... supposed to identify with yeah. are the people who broke into the home and, and they're the ones you want to see survive. And the person who had their home invaded is essentially the bad guy. And which, and we get which to at see first that's earned. Yeah. Which at first you want to root for him. Yeah. And then there's the fucking left turn where you find the chick strung up in the basement, which is a really solid left turn. That was yeah. one of those moments where it was like, I was not prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And then when you find out the reasoning of why she's there and what the circumstances are. Pure insanity. Wow. Yeah. That's... Uh, I'm not a rapist, but I made her pregnant. Well, oh, and that's the thing. Like, obviously, if you missed the spoiler alert at the beginning of the show, you're yeah. whatever. We're going to spoil this. But um, and that's the part that I was kind of like, huh? When he's like, I never forced myself upon her, but she was carrying my baby. And then basically pulls out a fucking turkey baster and some tube, where tube ends up being jizz, and he sucks up jizz in the turkey baster and says, I'll let you have your life back in nine months, and then strings her up in some sort of medieval sex swing. Yeah, he says, I'm tired of waiting. I'm not going to be nice about this anymore because of you. I've lost the, the baby that was supposed to be the replacement for my daughter. So in the context of the story, uh, again, this is all very spoiler heavy. We, we count on you guys to watch the movies, but unfortunately, we didn't get to give you a week ahead. Uh, so, yeah, know that now. Uh, <laughs> After we've already told you the end of the movie, no, now is when. Yeah. We should- so uh, Stephen Lang's character, who is uh, the blind man that lives in this home in Detroit, which I'm always thankful when I see a movie that takes place in Detroit. It makes it look so good. Uh, by the way, the movie was not really filmed in Detroit. It was mostly filmed in Hungary. Uh, Which is weird. 
it happens. Robocop was supposed to take place in Detroit, and they said that a lot of the tenements didn't look bad enough, so they filmed it in Houston. So uh, <laughs> these three young people, uh, Rocky, Alex, and Money, and you know if his name is Money, he's got to be great. Uh, didn't he have they, a dollar sign tattooed on his face? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he could have been played by Jared Leto. And I don't mean whoa, as whoa, a whoa, 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 whoa. I mean real-life Jared Leto. <sighs> Why do you got to be raining on Jared Leto? He likes it. No, he, he doesn't. Likes to take the liquid spray. So these three, to me, kids, they're in their 20s. They're all trying to get out of Detroit. They're they're breaking into people's homes using the the father of Alex's security business. They've got keys that the security business has that the, Alex gets access to, and they find the codes or ways to turn off the security system. So they go into the homes, they break in. They steal stuff. They don't steal money normally. They just steal stuff that they can pawn because uh, the money they think can be tracked. It's weird to take electronics instead of money mm-hmm. and think that electronics can't be tracked. Yeah. But they they do all this, and then they make it look like a typical break-in when they leave so that the security company doesn't get checked up and blamed because uh, Alex doesn't want to hurt his dad's business. And on top of that, it'd be an easy way to track it back to them. Uh, so the first scene we see is them breaking into a home and doing all this. That's where the uh, jizzy or jizzity scene happens. And then they go into finding out about this guy that lives in a home that his daughter was killed by a drunk driver. And they settled out of court and they paid him a large sum of money, uh, upwards of three figures. And so they want to break into his place and steal the money because it can be their one final job. Any movie where it starts out with their one final job, that's another cinema sin. But it's also like you know something is going to get fucked up. The last job is never the last job. Yes. Um, I'd like to go back. Money's got a dollar sign tattooed on his neck, not his face. Just just shy. Yep. Just, he just missed. Yeah. But still badass because, you know, he's willing to get tattooed in the no zone. Um, but not badass enough that, you know, he took it to the face. I feel like he's taken it to the face once or twice. Oh, that's a dick joke. No, no, that's a beating joke because it happens in the movie. <laughs> a lot of people get punched in this. It, the The violence, while not bloody, is still present. Uh, there is there is some yes. some not kindness yes. coming from from these people. Straight so uh, fucked. as they as they break into Norman's home, they find out that he's blind. And uh, they like, find oh, out that's... before they break in, right? But just before. Like, they don't realize that until they're parked in his neighborhood and they're, yes. they're scoping the place. And then they see him and his dog, his his big uh, Rottweiler, walking through. And they're like, oh, he's blind. Well, that's going to make this even easier. And and that's they don't normally break into places where the person is, I think. And so the, a weird thing that they try is money goes into the guy's room and he uh norman hears him and gets up for a second turns off the tv and on the tv he's playing a video of his daughter uh from when she was still alive and he's just kind of like replaying that uh he turns the tv off goes back to sleep norman puts some powder into a bottle of water and punctures it so it's supposed to gas the guy and keep him asleep I didn't really pick up that that was something that they had shown us before. We're just supposed to understand what he's doing. And then it obviously doesn't work because the guy hears them and comes out and 
breaks money a new one. Yes. 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 I just I like to take a breath once in a while, and I figure you'll jump in there. I I, I mean, you really kind of summed up the the middle of the movie in which I I left. I just it was very cut and dry. It was not bad. I did enjoy the movie. I just. I was looking to see if they're still planning on a sequel, which it appears that they are as of May, that they're still doing a Don't Breathe 2, which will focus once again on the blind guy, Norman, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so on Norman, not the other ones, because clearly two-thirds of them are dead. Um, But I don't know. Like, how do you... Unless this one solely focuses on him finding a girl to string up and yeah, what turkey is, based what her is vagina. What is his motivation after this? Well, he so still wants a child. He, around to it. he still right, wants yeah, the child, yeah. That's that's his so, motivation. So what we find out after uh, Money is, is killed and Rocky and Alex make their way to the basement and they're trying to find their way out of this house after they've, they've actually found the cash and they're trying to get away with it and they know that Norman's on to them they're in the basement trying to find the one exit out because the locks and everything are pretty tough in this place. Uh, this guy is living in Detroit. He is the only person left in in his basically a city block. Uh, all the other houses are abandoned and trashed, and this guy has made this into essentially a fortress, as you would living in Detroit on a city block that nobody else is at. Um, but when they are in the basement, Suddenly the lights come on and this woman comes jumping out at them. And it turns out that she's tied up to a device that signals a bell upstairs. She has been kidnapped. Uh, this is the part where I was like, oh, crap. I, I did not I did not see that coming, so to speak, about a blind guy. And she is the person who killed his daughter in the auto accident because she was rich. She got off and he says that the his his point of view is, well, you took away my little girl, so you owe me a child. So he has kidnapped her, keeping her prisoner, has impregnated her. Uh, in his view, he hasn't raped her, uh, but he has is forced uh, forced impregnation with his own sperm. Uh, so that's that's a context thing. I, I can't really say that, like, as That's a crazy weird. person, I can see that you think, okay, I've got a moral value. I've got a line that I haven't crossed. No, you you, you, you fucking cross the line, dude. You absolutely fucking cross the line. But in his, in his craziness, he believes that once he has this kid, he will be able to let her go. She'll go on with her life. He'll go on with his life with this child, and it'll all be okay somehow. It'll all even out. So he's not altogether there. Uh, there, there's certainly room for him to have some PTSD from being uh, in the war, from losing his sight in the war, and from, from losing his kid. I expect that he has issues that he needs help with, uh, some assistance mentally with, and, and he's not getting that and probably doesn't seek it. But that that's where the, the idea of we should feel some sympathies for this guy completely goes away. <laughs> Yeah, man, like we kind of mentioned earlier, I thought it was originally you're rooting for Norman and not the kids, and then when you find the chick strung up in the basement, um, that's kind of the point at which it's the what the fuck moment because 
<clears throat> earlier in the movie, I, I just remember thinking to myself, like, what's what's the point here? What is the end game? People are just breaking into houses. Like something has to give. I didn't understand the don't breathe idea. But yeah. obviously that was very apparent when he's blind and they're standing in his living room. And it, and that's when it's the, oh, don't breathe. Because if you breathe, he can hear you. And like when the cell phone goes off and he shoots it and then all of that. And it's... He is, he is trained to know how to kill people. He is trained yes. to know how to defend himself. And they, they presume that they have more power over him. Money definitely presumes that he has more power over him. Uh, because he's got the gun. And he's just like, don't move. But money's not a killer. Money doesn't come into this planning on actually murdering anybody. And so he hesitates. And again, he still thinks that he has power. And that gets taken away from him very quickly. And even then, money does, in in one final mo- moment, the right thing by saying that he's there by himself. Rocky's right two feet from them when this is going on. She sees this happening. And money doesn't call her out, doesn't call out Alex or anything. He takes it all on himself, and he's like, just let me go. I'm sorry. Just let me go. And it there's that second of the gun gets lowered, and then the gun comes up, and money's got no face no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He loses that thing pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, the money shot. So, <sighs> and that's probably why he was doing that around that house in the first place. I'm sure. I'm sure. It still doesn't make sense, though. I'm glad you mentioned that because why would you jerk off in someone's house when you're robbing it? Because it's full of DNA. DNA. Well, I, again, I don't believe that that's what he was actually doing. So it, what else was it, he it, doing? I think he was play acting it, but he was just spilling like alcohol or something all over the place. He was he was doing something different because they need to mess up the place too. They didn't make it look like looters came in there, huh. not people who actually knew what they were doing and and had a plan. They wanted to make it look like kids came in, started shit, tossed the place up like in a party. And and that's why they just randomly broke stuff and everything too. I know the uh, <clears throat> the writer of this movie is listening, so we're gonna need you to send an email to pod at gncast.com. Let us know what happened there. Did he jerk off? <laughs> Was it a joke? Jerky joke? Fill us in. I mean, every time someone jerks off, it's it's kind of a joke. Uh, I never just, feel great after I'm done. The joke you play on yourself. I started a joke that started the whole world crying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's not a lot to say about this movie without like going into every scene of, of they did this and this happened and this thing. What I do want to say is that the the ending, let's just jump right to that. Uh, we, we lose Alex in the film. Rocky, she's trying to get out of there. And the reason why the money becomes so important to her is like her her family life is terrible. Her mom used to lock her up in the trunk when she was a little kid crying because her father had died. But she's trying to get away and bring her kid sister with her, too, because she doesn't want to leave her sister in the, this abuse. So this money really is like a big deal to her. And that's that's her end goal. And so that's why she doesn't give it up at times when it seems like she should give it up. In the end, she does finally get away. We we go through some parts where we come back to the beginning of the film where she gets away, but uh, Norman winds up dragging her back to the house. But she she does finally escape. But in the end, when we see her at the airport with her kid sister and they're flying away to California, we also see the news story that she she watches where they found Norman 
and they're talking about the home invasion and they're talking about how uh, Alex and money broke in and they wounded Norman, but he's fine. And they just talk about it as a break in. And I don't understand how if cops are going through a house and it's an active crime scene, how they're not going to wind up in the basement and seeing the place where someone was chained up. And there's no way that he had time to clean all that stuff up when the cops showed up there right when she was getting away and he had just fallen down and taken a bullet in the side. So that whole thing as an ending rings as bullshit to me. It doesn't make any sense in the regard that he gets away with it. I don't feel that that was an earned ending. And I feel like that's part of the reason that there's a second one, but I don't think they're going to address any of that, which which is terrible. It's like, I really want them to kind of address what they didn't address, but they're not going to because yeah, and even then, she's at the airport. She can call and leave an anonymous tip and saying, uh, that guy, there's a body in his basement from the girl who... Like, she doesn't even have to know the person's name. They know that this girl is gone. They know that this girl has an association with him. Mm-hmm. She's missing. It's not going to take a lot of the work for them to look around and find the thing that he'd poured her into to to get rid of the corpse, essentially. So they obviously did a glance over in this storyline. They did a glance over of the property and just said, we found this guy, we saved his life. And, and here's the two people that invaded it, but maybe they were still actively looking through the crime scene and they hadn't released that stuff. So maybe it's, he escapes from the hospital when they finally decide, Oh shit, there's a lot more going on here than we realized. The first thing we leaked to the press was just the, the overview. And, and as we dig deeper, we realize there's more and more. And so he has to get away but I don't feel like he had the ability to get away the kind of shape he was in at the end. Unless it opens in the next movie, like Michael Myers at the end of Halloween to Halloween 2, where he's in the ambulance, and it's like all of a sudden he wakes up, and I'm not dead, fuck that, and now I'm going to kill everybody at this hospital. That's the only thing I can think of that, in a horror movie trope, kind of works. But I, I do know that, uh, I think it might be Sam Raimi, they described to Sam Raimi the plot for the sequel, and he said it was the single best idea for this for a sequel that he's ever heard. And he's not joking. Uh, so that's good. And I, I, I trust Sam Raimi as a filmmaker and a storyteller. So if, if he believes that, great. I just think that as I watch this, there are several parts where it just didn't work for me as, as successful as this film was. And that this film was very successful for about a $10 million budget. Uh, it made, I think, in the $160 million range between U.S. and domestic, or domestic and, and international. And what they finally pulled after paying for promotion and everything else was about $60 million for the movie. So six times the budget in profits is very good. And it's one of those things that horror films get to enjoy more than, than giant blockbuster films do. Uh, because you have so much more invested into making those things, all the effects and stuff. This is a very simple movie to make uh, in in the, the budgetary concerns and, and certainly a lower pay scale, I think, for the talent. But well acted. Uh, I, I believed in for the most part in the people that were in this. It was. It was good. But it wasn't as fantastic as what I was expecting with the way that people were going on and on about it when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm content. Do you want to, uh, any other points you want to make or do you want to go ahead and, uh, 
No, I feel like I've, I've tore it up enough to go right into rating it. All right, let's go to the Fap Cave. <laughs> All right, if, um, yeah, you don't like our jerk-off jokes, you can get the fuck right out of here. If you, if you don't like our jerk-off jokes, here's our jerk-off scale. Yep, <laughs> we're going to talk about jerking off now. Um, the fab. Sometimes you jerk off so much you get scales. <laughs> That's why I like this movie so much. There's jerking off. Uh, fab scales are t- three tier scale of jerking offedness. Uh, we go three categories on a zero to five scale, starting off with the, the feature. If you're unfamiliar, the feature is the story. Was it original? Was it interesting? Acting, all of that bidness. Corey, you have to go first. I think the story was good. Minus the caveats of what I've already mentioned, uh, the acting was was fine. I, I certainly like uh, Jane Levy, uh, Stephen Lang, and this is very good as the intimidating blind person, which is not, I think, an easy thing to do. Right. Uh, he 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 nailed it, and and there's a reason why I think his his star power probably improved from this movie. And and I'm I'm glad for him, but I still can't I can't look at it and not see the the shortcomings. So I'm gonna have to go with a three. <clears throat> yeah, I I certainly I agree with that. I give it a three. Also, um, it was new a new concept for a movie, while also not being at all a new concept for a movie. If that makes any sense whatsoever, it, um, it was a twist on something that existed, but. The twists did give it some originality. Yeah, but it didn't give it enough originality that it's like that fucking awesome. Right. Like, it was a good movie, but it wasn't as good as what it was made out to sound like it was. And that that's that's a terrible thing to be in is when you watch a movie after several months of it and people have raved about it, mm-hmm. is you, do you judge it based off of the fact that people built your expectations right. uh, to be higher than what they should have been? And that that I, I'm not trying to rate it from that. I'm just trying to rate it from when I'm watching it. I think it was fine. I th- I think it was certainly better than than fifty percent of the other crap that's out there. Very and that's good. why it lands right in the middle. I would give it more than fifty percent of the crap, but yes. Um, <clears throat> next up is the uh, attention. Uh, would you purchase the movie? Would you recommend it? Would you tell your friends to watch this, Corey? What I tell them to watch it, I would <laughs> not tell them to avoid watching it. It's not going to go as high as as even Hush did for me. I think Hush was was more interesting. Uh, some of the horror movies that we've seen, like It Follows, because I kept thinking about It Follows because it also took place in Detroit. Uh, I, I rate those higher. I'm I'm not interested in buying this. I would certainly maybe rewatch it again if I'm in the right mood for this kind of film. But it's not something that I'm going to put up on my shelf, so I'm going to say two. Wow, you and I were like fucking angels. Um, I also gave it a two. It, there's nothing in this movie that makes me want to go back and watch it to like try and get more out of the story. Like, but I would watch the sequel. Oh, I'll certainly, I will certainly watch the sequel. I would watch this if someone was like, "Hey, I really want to watch this movie," and you're already at my house, and I've given you beer and. You're here, but or, I would never. Or if it's, I would, if someone's over at your house and it's on TV and yes. you're looking for something to watch, you're like, oh, we can land on this, and I yep. feel okay making you watch this as opposed to watching some other piece of crap. Yep, and, and that's 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 really the perfect example. Is it's like I would never be like, hey, 
you have to come over and you have to watch this specific movie or you have to go home this weekend and watch this specific movie for this reason. If it's on and there really isn't anything else on, cool. Uh, but other than that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, with that, the last we have is our panic, effects, surprise, edge of seatness. Uh, surprise, they ruined part of it by giving you a scene at the beginning. I'm, I'm harping on that probably way too much. It's not that huge of a deal. It just, as soon as I saw it, I recognized it for what it was. I'm like, well, that's, that feels a little cheap and it feels like an overused thing to do with films like this. The effects were good in the sense that the house gave you a, a good amount of creepiness, but it also seemed evocative of Buffalo Bill's basement in in Silence of the Lambs. And and at that point, it becomes Silence of the Lambs and that whole last scene with Jane Gum. So, I, again, a minus for originality. Like, we go from a home invasion thing to here, we've invaded the a serial killer kind of feel. Uh, the when it went black and white, I was worried of how easy it was going to be followed because the the grayscale of the night vision of everybody walking around the dark when all the lights are out made the screen very fuzzy. And this is on a, a 55 inch high definition TV through a high definition picture box because uh, I was watching HD on cable. It, it fucking, wasn't. Are you trying to watch. show off? No, I'm saying that if I, I watch all the high on definition. A shitty, 20 inch CRT TV, I would probably be pretty pissed because it would just be a bunch of blobs up in my screen. If you're watching and this that, on a 20 inch CRT TV, go back to the 50s. There are people who still have those TVs. That's that's a thing. They're probably not going to be able to buy this on no, on VHS, but they can buy buy it on DVD and having to go through composite video, and it's going to look like crap. And and that's one of those things that we've advanced technology so much that the movies are further ahead than sometimes what the technology people have at home, which is fine realistically it's like that's the point is to get people moved up to the newer technology and to get the better pictures but not everybody's there yet and when you're working with something like this it's important not to lose such key portions of your story to stuff that can't be seen like i have a lot of problems with movies where they're just too fucking dark like the sequel to aliens versus predator it's so hard to see what's going on because it's shot in blackness the whole time i also get fucking sick to my stomach watching movies like the underworld films because they're all with this blue filter because it's supposed to be night but it's just bullshit and it looks like crap and so i don't watch them i didn't hate this and it was only there for a specific period of time and a lot of the times they use flashlights and stuff so you could still pick up actual colors but that it was used effectively I'm just saying that maybe there was a better option. At least it was better than the old green stuff that they used. Again, in Silence of the Lambs, and it looked better there. Uh, I guess overall, I'm just going to give it a 2.5. It really took you that long to get to that? Yeah. I had to kind of figure out why. Panic is a hard one to rate. No, Unless there's something like magically a creature or something really amazing in the effects, it's hard to say that the effects grabbed me. Uh, was I surprised at all? I was surprised when the woman popped out but that's about it i gave it a three and i don't want to give an explanation because Corey just spent 10 minutes complaining like an old man because i ain't texting yeah i got i got i got shit to handle bitch yeah okay uh so if you want to handle some shit you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 you can email email us at pot at gncast.com 
uh, or you can leave us a message on the website. You can also follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram uh, at Podcast of Terror, and also subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcatchers, and leave us feedback. Leave us a very nice review, even if you're a friend of Matt. But if you're a friend of Matt, you can probably <laughs> leave us feedback in a text message. That's true. Uh, <laughs> awesome options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And finally, you can join the Facebook group for our network under Galactic Network. Matt, where can people find you specifically? In the gutter. Mowing the lawn, jerking <laughs> off. <laughs> that was pretty much all I do with my life. I mow the lawn and then I jerk off and then the week starts over. Um, you Seed can, the field. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and the old drinkery app untapped at Matt the Lifeguard. Two T's. And you, and you can find the comics that I help publish at DonutsComics.com. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Podcast of Terror, and we will talk to you guys next week. Do you believe that there's intelligent life somewhere out there? That maybe extraterrestrial beings have already visited the Earth? Are you a fan of movies or TV shows like Star Trek or Alien? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then you may also like the Alien Invasion Podcast. On every episode, we talk about the latest ET-related news, report on a recent sighting, and make some alien-themed entertainment picks. Subscribe, download, and listen from where you get podcasts. Or by going to gncasts.com slash aliens. That's g-n-c-a-s-t-s dot com slash aliens. Next week on the Podcast of Terror. Next week, um, we're going to be talking about Salem's Lot, the old 1975 Stephen King flick. I haven't watched it in a grip, if you're into that. Looking forward to it. I, I haven't watched it in a grip either. I also haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> I think a grip is a long time. A fortnight's two weeks. Grip might be a I little thought, longer. I thought in a grip was like something like Michael Hutchins did before he died, or how he died. Uh, uh, I didn't know what that reference was. <laughs> And I, and you're the old one too. I am. That's a damn shame. Ah, well, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the podcast here, and we will talk to you guys next week. Stay scary, everybody. Bye. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. That's gncast.com.